So I'm going to lead off with another bad joke. Oh, goodness. Did we get a review? Is it a Lincoln joke? Give me your best Lincoln joke. Oh, this is definitely not my best. This was the first super lame dad joke I could find on the internet. <laughs> to do with Lincoln logs or something? So <laughs> while walking to the Capitol building with some members of Congress, Lincoln picked up a crumpled piece of paper off the ground. And he dusted off the note, read it, laughed to himself, and that was it. One of the men he was walking with asked Lincoln to share the humorous contents with the group, and Lincoln resisted. He just said, I'm not one to tell dirty jokes. <laughs> That's it. I did, not, I, I did not promise that that was going to be a good joke. That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. But this is Bad Jokes, Good Reviews. This segment, <laughs> we didn't get another good review. However, comma, hopefully the bad joke will prompt someone to leave us a good review because th that's that's what we're asking for. Jen, uh, we're kind of coming back from the West. We came back from Little Bighorn. We came back from Denver and Wyoming and all yeah. that stuff. And on our way back across the country, we wanted to stop at uh, some place that had been highly recommended to us by a friend of ours. Um, it, this was Abraham Lincoln's kind of presidential library and museum. Yeah, Springfield, Illinois. Yeah, we stopped in Springfield and went to the, decided to go to the museum and mm -hmm. we were pretty blown away yeah. by what we experienced there. So the museum and library, they're right beside each other. They're right in downtown Springfield, Illinois. Uh, the museum is on, they're both on 6th Street and they're across the street. So you have 212 6th and 112th 6th and it's the museum and library. And we thought, oh, this will be neat. We'll go in. We'll see the museum. It's a presidential museum. And we've been to a couple presidential museums. So we kind of knew what to expect along that line. But when we walked into this museum, it felt more like Disney. Like when you go see the Hall of Presidents. A hundred percent. It literally felt like you had walked into a section of Disneyland or Disney World. You know, pick your poison. Yeah. And we kind of walked in and like, we're like, oh my goodness. Like, what are we, what are we walking into here? What are we, and then they're like, you want to watch the movie first? And we're like, okay, I guess. Because sometimes we don't watch the movie if we've done the research before we go. But you want to watch the movie here because it is very much like a Disney ride it's like taking you on the story it, it felt like if anybody growing up in the los angeles area like i did oh captain eo captain eo with michael jackson yeah. way back in the day <laughs> it it felt like that with the hall of presidents yes and we couldn't show it on the video so if, you, if you're if you watch the video of course it'll be in the show notes of this podcast mm -hmm. episode you, when you come in, it's kind of off to the right, but you're not allowed to film or take pictures, no. do any any of that stuff in there. They do show some clips of it on the website. Yeah. So that's kind of what that is. I walked out of there and I was like, I, I turned to you and I was like, I don't know how they did that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you have a 
narrator who comes out and tells you that they a real person, a real person who talks about Lincoln and and Lincoln's life, but mostly like Lincoln's legacy. Yeah. And like his papers and basically the stuff you're going to find at the library and things you want to preserve about Lincoln's life and that there's still things out there about Lincoln's life. They're still finding stuff today. And and that the office is pretty much left the way Lincoln left it. You know, they kind of recreated the office there. And then you learn that the narrator was someone who died in the Civil War. Yeah. And we so we won't spoil yeah. the end of it. But it it, it it's seriously like the kids walked out and they had huge smiles on their faces. I walked out. I was like, I honestly don't know how they, it was. It was it magic. Was so good. It was so cool. The kids didn't know how they did it either. Yeah. It, it really. So if you go. You're going to be like, and, and it does set the stage for the rest of the story right? as you walk through the museum. So yep. really do not miss the movie if you go to the Lincoln Museum. Yeah. So the, what is the Lincoln Museum and why is it in Springfield, Illinois? You know, Lincoln's not born in Illinois. That's right. He's born in Kentucky. He's born in Kentucky. Yep. He's born in Kentucky, February 12th, 1809. And, but his life, his family is very much like these homesteaders trying to make their way. And we're actually, they, they kind of, his grandparents actually start in Cumberland Gap. So we're kind of in the same area. Oh yeah. Today. As in, as for, for, for those listening, Jen and I are actually, uh, as we record this, we are in the Western tip of mm-hmm. Virginia. We are in, Big Stone Gap. Yes. Which is a fun little thing. And we've got videos coming out on that. But yes, he does make his way from Kentucky up to Illinois. Up to Illinois. And so it's like he goes from Kentucky. He's self-taught. He, you know, his, his he's the second child born. His mother dies when he's young. He helps, you know, bury his mother. His father quickly remarries. He has a very good relationship with his stepmother. But then his sister dies in childbirth. So he has a lot of loss early on. And he really does like have to make make his own way in the world. And so he'll go to like New Orleans. He will and, and we depict that in the in the museum. They really start with like two sides of Lincoln's life. They do like his life before the presidency and then during the presidency. And one of the very first things you're gonna walk into is kind of a recreation of the Lincoln log cabin. Yeah. That was, it was really, and you literally walk inside of this log mm-hmm. cabin and feels so Disney. It's like Disney Imagineers. Yeah. It's got the mannequins. Yeah. And so you see young Lincoln reading by the fire and self-taught and uh, what his life was like on the frontier. Yeah. With, you know, in a small one room log cabin where he probably slept in the loft with his sister and then his parents slept in the main room downstairs but by night he would sit by the fire and read and so you get to walk in and see him do that you get to be in the presence of that which is super cool yeah and then it'll kind of take you as he kind of he leaves his family after his sister passes he tries to make his way uh as a clerk he learns business and and they do kind of in part of that as well they do show what a slave auction would look like. So when he goes to New Orleans, right, and they they show as because he did some boat piloting, yeah, uh, along the Mississippi, and he would have gone down to New Orleans yeah. and he would have seen enslaved auctions in New Orleans, and they they depict one. So again, with the whole kind of Imagineer full mannequin, 
uh, and they do a very graphic scene of a mother being torn away from a husband and a child. Yeah. So basically, you're showing the breakup of a, a family and the trauma. Of yeah, that. and the, and, it, and it's interesting. It, it it felt to me like they showed that it was basically kind of right after the the log cabin mm-hmm. portion. So relatively early in his young adulthood, yes, he experienced this, and 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 they had a quote from him basically saying like he could never really do that right yeah. or, or hit a comment on that yeah he could never understand how a democracy could be built on something like that right so th- it's basically what it's showing you is he's young he's impressionable mm-hmm. he's learning to make his way in the world and he's ba- he's basically becoming more world worldly right and so he's seeing things that he hasn't seen before on the frontier parents were not of means not enslavers so but he's seeing this for the first time and then he it's making an impression on him so when he goes into business and he starts to learn bookkeeping and store shop keeping that's when he really gets into the law and starts reading the law books and from there he's going to become a lawyer a self-made lawyer and uh, and that's when he's going to eventually get to Springfield Illinois he goes to a clerk in Springfield, Illinois, and he really likes the, the shop there. He moves upstairs and starts to practice law in Springfield, Illinois. And that's why the presidential library is there, because the longest span of his life is in Springfield, Illinois, right. from 1837 to 1861, when he moves to the White House. So that is why his presidential library is there. That's where his home is. And we'll do another video about his home. That's where his grave is. So all the things like related to that in Lincoln are in Springfield, Illinois. Yeah, and they and as you kind of walk through the museum, so you've walked out of the log cabin kind of by the slave auction and then you walk in through his early life, mm-hmm. his bookkeeping. his time on bookkeeping and and the more you learn, the more I've learned about Lincoln, the more I realize how many things he tried mm-hmm. and how many things he did even as a young adult, really even before he got into the law. Yeah. Into, into politics. I mean, yeah, he, oh, yeah. he, like you said, he was working on the river. He was, I mean, he was, he worked, he literally worked his way up. Yes. Into, into the highest office, right? Yeah. Within the United States. And he did very physically demanding jobs. Yeah. He was cutting wood. Remember, he gets hit in the head by the horse and yeah. they think he died they for a short period of time. They probably knocked him unconscious. Yes. I mean, and he, he likes to wrestle, right? So he does very physically demand. He works at the farm. And then he's working a pilot on a, a boat, and that's, that's a physically demanding job. Absolutely. And then he's bookkeeping, which uh, in a store, which is not just keeping tabs of the books, but it's inventory and stocking and putting stuff away. So he's learning. He's learning business. And he's doing the physical stuff as it moves into the more of the um, white collar kind of uh, work, right. where it's not as physically demanding. But it's in Springfield that he's going to meet Mary Todd. It's in Springfield he's going to marry Mary Todd. It's in Springfield that all of their four boys will be born. So it really is the place that he turns, becomes a man. Yeah. And then from there, they kind of do a good job of summarizing kind of his his home life and his Mm -hmm. early work life up through the presidency. And one of the things that we actually call out in the video um, when they start getting into his work and political life Mm -hmm. is how many times he tried and failed yes, and how many times he, he kind of succeeded. And it was all interspersed throughout. It's not like he failed a lot early in the beginning and then all of a sudden had a, a slew of successes. Mm-hmm. 
he was like a success here and a failure there and then another failure and then another success. And it was it was so interesting. It was very interesting. They also really they depict a moment that in Lincoln's life, which is kind of true about his whole life with his children. Yeah. Where he wasn't very much of a disciplinarian. He allowed his kids really to have free reign and be kind of, you know, unruly, unruly. And he doesn't. So they're like destroying his office and they they depict that. And again, in in the Imagineer kind of setting, he's laying on the couch reading law papers and his kids are destroying his office. They're they're jumping on pens. I mean, they they make it sound like they were being playful. Sure. 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 Way more than what the average parents would say, like, hey, don't throw my ink plot across the office or whatever, you know. And they said that he didn't want his children to have adult worries like he did. So you can really understand that. And just like you had said, Lincoln will have these highs and lows throughout his political career, throughout his professional career, and then really throughout his personal life. Yeah. So... Edward, Robert Todd, his oldest, is born in 1943. Edward, his second son, is born in 1944. Well, Edward will die three years later in 1850. He dies in the Lincoln home in Springfield, Illinois. Yeah. So he, and then his third son, Willie, is born that same year. So his son dies early in 1850, and his third son is born late in 1850. So he hits these really highs and lows in every aspect of his life. And you, when you start to see this about Lincoln, this is the pattern that will follow him throughout his presidency. This is really the pattern of his life. It's he hits these amazing lows. He loses his mother. He loses his sister. He finds work. He gets a lot of promise. He 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 opens a law firm in Springfield. He marries. He has children. He loses children. He gets in the political field. He loses elections. He wins elections. And you just see this perseverance yeah, through Lincoln. It's, it's pretty incredible. And it really speaks to the foundation that was laid for him to get him through the Civil War. Yeah. And so from there, then they kind of the first inkling you have of the, the next step of the political part of the museum is the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Yes. So they, they, they kind of depict that with the mannequins or wax figurines mm-hmm. or whatever they mm-hmm. are. And then they start talking about, and you kind of walk out of that section of the museum, and then you go over into what looks like the front of the White House. Mm-hmm. And then we start getting into- his, his presidency. His presidency. Now, one thing we didn't show was, um, and I think you'll probably remember this, that I, I, I didn't get to show in the video, was um, Mary Todd Lincoln and all her dresses- in, oh, that, yes. in that first section there. So there was a lot of Mary Todd Lincoln stuff that I didn't get to put in the video because it didn't quite fit. Well, there's, there's um, two cool things you didn't really show. You can take a picture with the whole family. Yes, right, right? up front. Right up front, right in front of the White House. They yeah. have the whole family. You have the, the Lincolns. Yep. So you have President Lincoln, Mary Todd, and all four boys, Robert, Edward, Willie, and Tad. And so you can take a picture with all of all of them. And it's kind of, we took one as a family. So it was kind of nice. And then when you go into the White House, yes, Mary Todd's dresses. So Mary Todd was a upper class Southern woman and she did have enslaved. So Lincoln never owned any person or had any enslaved. Mary Todd had a woman who was her maid dressmaker who was an enslaved woman and then be kind of tr- transitioned into her her and helped her dress and she paid her and took care of her and and gave her more agency and choice about staying with her. But Mary Todd was a 
upper class aristocrat woman. She was used to having means and she was used to having money. So she dressed well and, and her dresses and her extravagant spending of that was always a big uh, there, so thing there were, in DC. And, and you know, before we start getting into the, the details of his presidency in the Civil War and kind of how he was seen, I, as I was doing research for the video and I was pulling up old pictures of the, of the museum, so there's actually some changes that have been made over the years that weren't there while we were, well, when we went. Oh, wow. And when um, I saw a picture of, if you remember in that foyer and go watch our video, you'll understand what I'm talking about. In the foyer, there's a lot, that's the log cabin off to the left. There's the, and there's a white house. Well, it looked like previously they had had a figurine of John Wilkes Booth oh. out front kind of off to the side, leaning on the rail oh, yeah. of the White House, mm-hmm. right? And so they had had him there, it looked like for some period of time, sure. right? Because he was people, there was multiple pictures on the internet. You can find it pretty pretty easily. Sure. So there are aspects of this museum that they've changed a little bit over the years. I don't think that's good. It's not his story. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I just thought it was interesting, kind of a little bit of foreshadowing sure. of what you end up seeing at the end, right? So who they have on the porch now is Grant and McClellan, yep. two of his generals from the Civil War. And then they have Frederick Douglass. Yep. And I think it was Sojourner Truth. And so they're kind of on the porch. And, and then you go into the White House. Mm-hmm. And like you said, things happen pretty quickly for Lincoln. And he, again, is riding this roller coaster of highs and lows. He's elected November 1860. He leaves for the White House in February 1861. That's when he's going to leave the House in Springfield. And what happens not even two months later is the Civil War. Not even two months later. Like, the Civil War will break out. So he's in the White... He barely probably had time to unpack. Yeah. Right? And and then I almost a, exactly a year after that happens, Willie dies. Yeah. And he dies in the White House. And again, devastated their family. This is where you get a lot of this depression of Lincoln, the melancholy... The, you know, the problem with his dreams, like he had problems sleeping, he's up at all hours, and he's wearing the um, morning band on his top hat, yeah. which he will wear his entire life, and he's wearing it the night he's shot in Ford's Theater. The museum does a good job, even before you get to that part of the museum where they show where his son Willie dies, is because they walk you through this hallway where, and in the video, we kind of give it the title of like Lincoln is vilified mm-hmm. by the public because yes. there's there's so much criticism of what he's doing, how he's handling things. And I mean, we think the press is bad today. It was almost as bad back then. There's all these like negative articles and they show pictures and, and there's just, you know, dr- caricatures of him that are mm-hmm. not flattering and no. all this stuff. And so as you're walking through this hallway, there's actually voices they get voice yeah. actors kind of saying these things about him. Mm-hmm. And then you get up, you know, to where his his son Willie dies. And so he's been dealing with this, like you said, his entire time in his presidency. Then he has a son that dies. Like, I can't imagine what kind of, you know, mental strain that has on a person. Yeah. And you see when they depict Willie's death in the room, the Lincolns are, are dressed to the nines because they had just gotten back from a, a, a event, a social event. So here they are acting as president and first lady of the United States, coming home to their child who's just about to leave the world. So 
just showing you what he is dealing with constantly. Yeah. And again, then it goes into the Emancipation Proclamation. Yes. Which we have talked about, which again, highly criticized. Did he go too far? Did he not go far enough? Even as historians, we debate the Emancipation Proclamation today. We can have a whole podcast just about this real quick. It did not free all the enslaved. It only did free enslaved in local in, in, in five designated areas. All those areas were in the South. All those areas were not under Lincoln's control at the time. And he did that to start kind of an uprising. So when you think the Emancipation Proclamation wasn't like everybody who is enslaved is now free, that's not what it was. It's the precursor to that. It will evolve into more, but that's not what it was. What was happening is he was he was losing ground yeah. in the South and yeah. he was losing. So he had to make a big move. So he had to make a big move. And so he thought if this information could get out to the enslaved in the South and they would realize that they had been freed, maybe they would revolt become contraband of war, which is what they will become. They make their way to certain areas. Fort, yeah, Fort Monroe, Fort we Monroe, talked about that. And then they in turn start to fight for the North, which 54th Massachusetts is a good example of that. Yeah. And if folks are curious, we mentioned Fort Monroe. We have, a, I think we have a previous podcast mm-hmm. episode on it and mm-hmm. a video on it. I'll, I'll link that. If you're curious about kind of how this, the, the enslaved in the South, how they would yeah. escape Fort Monroe was basically kind of on that border. Yes. You know, it's a Union-held fort kind of in Southern Territory, yes. but still Union-held. And But th- they would escape there. There's there's kind of, we have a whole podcast and a whole video mm-hmm. video about that. So that's where that controversy comes in. He didn't do enough because he's not freeing everybody. Yep. He's not making a declaration to free everybody. And it, it, and it was too much because people were like, you don't even have control of that area that you're staking that you're freeing people for. So that's where, and again, it's big, bold letters, it's criticism, because today we think Emancipation Proclamation, awesome, great, how wonderful. But there was so much conflict. So much conflict. I mean, it's so much so that, you know, they're depicting a scene as you're walking through the museum of of him with his cabinet and how conflicted his cabinet Mm -hmm. was. And then you go to a whole nother section of the, the, the declaration and it's on both sides. You've got people for, hey, you should have gone further. They got people against, hey, you shouldn't have done it at all. Mm-hmm. And there are these peoples and these actors that kind of like these uh, almost like ghostly images, but they're they're mm-hmm. video, you know, talking. We show a little bit in the video and it's really well done. And then it's Lincoln kind of all by himself. Yes. In this big dark room with just constant conflict on, yes. on each side. Yes. And that's and it's him standing there just kind of and I kind of put in the video that he just kind of stayed resolute. He was resolute. And he even his most trusted devices, like you said, the cabinet was conflicted. Yeah. And what what I think the museum does a good job of and what we stress here is what we think of Lincoln today, memory of Lincoln, history of Lincoln is not what Lincoln lived through. Absolutely. It's not what he was in the moment. And it's, it's so much more amazing now when you think about him now. But then what he was going through was no, it was much more uh, contentious right. than what, what we even think about today. Yeah. So then, then from there, they kind of anchor on that. They talk about how some African-Americans would start joining the army. Mm-hmm. They go through kind of briefly how he would sit in the, the telegraph office to kind of get these semi-live updates of what's going on. He was very, again, he doesn't sleep a yeah. lot because of 
everything happening. And uh, yeah, he really liked to get, I mean, that was the most up-to-date information sure. at the time. Yeah. And so he wanted to get that most up-to-date information. Uh, and then he, we talk about him delivering the Gettysburg Address. So Gettysburg is that turning point of the war, right? July 1863. And this is where really the South is making its big push into the North, right? The South is making a big push into Pennsylvania and the North prevails, pushes them back. And that's when so many men died. And so in November, Lincoln comes out to dedicate the cemetery and his speech, probably his most famous speech, probably one of the most favorite speeches in the world, period. Two minutes long, 242 words. I mean, the man didn't have to say much to make a statement. And he, it's so fast that even for like historic photography at the time, they don't have a very good picture of it because the photographers weren't expecting him to get off the stage so quickly. Yeah, I think the only picture, good picture they have there is like of him going and walking off the stage in the crowd. In the crowd, yeah. And I think he his hat's even off yes. or something like mm-hmm. that. And, and and you kind of like that. I think we've done previous videos mm-hmm. there. We'll, we'll link some of those in in the show notes here. But you show that, and I remember kind of having to circle it when yes. I edited the video mm-hmm. originally because it's hard to see Lincoln. So today, and I'm just going to talk real quick about the library is there's a lot of papers, Lincoln, especially his presidency. But you can imagine there's still a lot of papers out there that do exist about Lincoln because he was a lawyer. And so he was writing things and he was signing things. But I think the most valuable writing you will ever find of Abraham Lincoln will be his drafts of the Gettysburg Address. Oh, okay. And and again, not everything has been found. And that's kind of what the movie went into things are still out there. There are still private collectors of those things. And there are people who have donated a lot to Library of Congress and to the library. So thank goodness we have those. But you never know if you'll ever find a Lincoln signature huh. somewhere. Interesting. So it goes pretty quickly from Gettysburg to the 13th Amendment. It fast forwards to the end of the war. So the war is over. So the 13th Amendment happens in January of 1865. The war is over by April of 1865. And again, Lincoln's got no time. He has no time to just... Was it April 9th, Appomattox mm-hmm. was? And then he's at Fort Sayre April 15th. Yeah. So he has not... He doesn't even have a week. doesn't even have a week. And... But I would we we show it on Instagram real quick as a reel and it's a, it's a great part of the video and we've talked about this before. They were supposed to go to another show. It's one of the first videos we did for Walk with History. They were supposed to go to another show that night. They make plans to go to Ford's Theater instead because they want to see a comedy. And our American cousin is a comedy, and Mary Todd wants Lincoln to laugh. They are very amorous at the time because they're like, now we can have time together. Now we can enjoy the presidency. Now we can. And he had just been reelected. He'd just been reelected. We can mourn our son together. He was like, let's take some time. Let's take a trip. You and I, let's just be together. And she was very, and they even joke about it at Ford's Theater because they go there with another major and his fiance. That's right. And they're hugging and kissing and touching. 
and the major and his fiance are not even touching each other. And Mary Todd's like, what, are they, what will they think of us? Well, I mean, if, if you think about it, they've had this huge weight lifted off their shoulder. Mm-hmm. The war is over, like the South has surrendered. Yes. And, and it's you're through what you know is going to be the most difficult part of your yes. presidential career. Yes. And you're like, we did it. Yeah. And if you think about them with, as parents, Robert Todd has just come back. He was there at Appomattox. Yep. And so he's home at the at the White House and their other son, Tad, went to go, took the other tickets. They were going to, and so they have, they have both boys home, both the boys that are still living home. And so they're having just like a great night. Yeah, they had date night. This museum does a fantastic job of when you turn the corner, you see John Wilkes Booth behind the door of their presidential box. Yep. And then you can kind of get another vantage point where you can see where he would jump from the stage, from the box onto the stage and then run back. And in that moment, how quickly, boom. Yeah, and and it was kind of one of my favorite parts that I was making of the video because one, I found a good song that kind of shows the rising (laughs) tension, you know, and then it goes to to boom, you know, the, the president's shot and the president's dead and then kind of, Again, it, it, it quickly steps on to, you know, from there, they don't give John Wilkes Booth kind of a ton of no. airtime inside mm-hmm. the museum. They don't really kind of bring him up too much. They, they don't just bring kind him of up. show his character a little bit. Yep. And I don't even think they talk about the trial at all. So yeah. again, if you want to see about the trial and where it took place, we have a whole video on that. Yep. But what it goes into is just his death yeah. and the, the, how the coffin light in state yeah. and what it looked and like. The funeral train. And the funeral train. Which is very long. It was very long. It, it, it kind of took the same path that he took for his inauguration because he left Springfield to D.C. and he took this big, long trip before he became president. It yeah. almost took the same trip back. Yeah, it kind of goes up basically north up to Buffalo mm-hmm. and then traces the Great Lakes all the way down to Springfield. Yes. And you might wonder, why do we always talk about Erie? It's because we, were, we lived in Erie. We were stationed in Erie when Scott had his, his CO command, his commanding officer. Tour. job yeah. tour was in Erie, Pennsylvania. So we're always interested in what it, well, happened and, and through Erie. And the funny Erie. thing is, is a lot of historical things happened through Erie mm-hmm. because they used to build big, large parts of the railroads and mm-hmm. trains there. Yes. So they used to build large parts of that. So of course, the train tracks would go through there. Yes. And so in that era, the late 1800s, early 1900s, all, all through the 1800s, really, that was actually a fairly significant Part because one, it was on the Great Lakes, and two, for some reason, that's where they were building large train parts and rail, rail station yeah, parts. Yeah, and, and it stuff, connects stuff like Buffalo that. and Cleveland, right. which at the time were some of your two big industrial cities. So there's a lot of history that happened through there. So he, Lincoln's funeral train goes kind of up north and traces the Great Lakes down to, to Springfield, mm-hmm. and they bury him in Springfield. They bury him in Springfield. So uh, you get to see what the coffin looked like and what, what George Washington's uh, portrait over it. And then that's really the end of the museum. And it, I think it really does a good job of showing you just how abrupt Civil War is over. The union is brought back together. And we, then we lose the president who did that. And I almost, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of serendipitous of America. We talk, I talk about this at the end with no struggle, there's no progress. He got us through. That's why people consider Abraham Lincoln the greatest president we have ever had. He gets us through this, our country, resolves it, and then he's gone.
Well, and, and he, we've talked about it a couple times, you know, and, and then we'll wrap things up, that he didn't try to imprison or execute any of the leaders of the South. Nope. Right? He immediately wanted to move on towards healing. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a leader like that, setting the stage and setting really the culture of what the next steps of the country will be, I think people don't recognize that enough. Yeah. And, and, I, and the more I learn about him through doing this channel and the podcast, and that is, is there's so much forethought in mm-hmm. that because you could very easily continue that cycle of bitterness and, hey, you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're not ours. Like we surrendered. You, we didn't want this. Yeah. And then if he had continued and like executed Jefferson Davis and if he had executed generals and this and the other, like it just would have made it worse. Yeah. And so it was very smart of him not to do that. It was. And it was, it says a lot about a character of a it man. It does. It really does. So it was a forgiveness without malice. Remember we talk about that at Appomattox and we, we've done a whole story about Jefferson Davis and Lee. And I think if he would have executed those men because how much they were beloved in the South, he would have created martyrs and he would have created a lot. I mean, it wasn't, Reconstruction was more like deconstruction, but I think it would have been much worse to have these martyrs to to hold on to for much longer. Yeah, Lincoln, and I, I thank goodness Johnson kind of took that from him and was kind of resolute about the same thing. But it, it's an amazing museum. It, it is a must see. It, it's so interactive and friendly for kids. And plus, we didn't even get to go to the library portion. It was closed that day, and we, we had wanted to go. You could, it, it, if you were in that part of the country, even if you're not, you should, you really should make a dedicated effort to go see that museum and the library. It's absolutely incredible. It feels like going to Disneyland for half of a day. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, so, so thank you again to everybody listening. If you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with a friend. Um, we've got more Lincoln topics coming up. We got to go inside of his home. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe because we got more on that coming up. We appreciate you. Um, and we rely on you, our community to grow and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.